Dive Lyrics Podcast. This is your host slash diving instructor Joel Crow, and we're back. We're about to take another splash here into a song called "The Sound of Silence" by Simon and Garfunkel. By the way, uh, if you hear that intro music and notice it's a little bit different from last week, I'm experimenting with some different things that I've written over the past years. So let me know which ones you you liked, which ones you didn't like, and uh, eventually we'll settle down on something to be more consistent but in the meantime we'll keep on experimenting and see what works anyway uh sound of silence i'm i'm gonna try to uh keep this one a little briefer than the last one was i know that last exercise with hallelujah uh that uh tipped the clock at almost a whole hour so i know that was a a tough exercise probably tested a lot of people's patience including mine um so we're going to try and keep this one a little bit briefer if we can, which will be difficult because Hallelujah has four verses and this song we're doing today has five. Uh, but we'll do our best and it will be fun. Remember that we are going to be holding to the mantra that uh, not not the manta, not the manta ray, don't touch the mantas, but we'll be holding to the mantra that when we're uh, when we're interpreting a line when we're interpreting a verse there may not be a right answer but there are definitely wrong answers so don't get caught up in thinking that uh, you can have your own way with everything you gotta you gotta be able to support what you say and we'll make sure on this show that we support what we say with the context of the verse of the song and uh, we'll have a good time with it This is a song by one of my favorite groups of all time, Simon and Garfunkel. Sound of Silence, it was written by Paul Simon in the 60s. Generally, what we're going to do is to give our first impressions and ask questions after we've uh, listened to the song, after after you've heard me share this song with you. But what I want to do this time is give you a little hint that I think will be helpful, which is that... This song is so visual. If I if I were to just give my impressions uh, first of all before before I let you listen to it, this song is super visual. So what I recommend for this song, rather than going through and necessarily thinking about what all the symbols are and what they represent, the best way to listen to this song as a means of uh, beginning to unfold it. The best way, I think, would be to kind of just sit back, close your eyes, and imagine physically, imagine the images that are uh, portrayed in this song. And then when you get all of that in its proper context, I think that the meaning of the song becomes a bit clearer. So anyway, here we go. Without further ado, let me give you The Sound of Silence. No, not that kind of silence i mean the the song the sound of silence here here we go hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while i was sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence in restless dreams I'd walked alone the narrow streets of cobblestone beneath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp when my eyes were stopped by the flash of a neon light Split the night and touch the sound of silence. And in the naked light, I saw ten thousand people, maybe more. People talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, people writing songs that voices never. No one dared Disturb the sound of silence The fool said, ha, you could not know The silence like a cancer grows Hear my words that I might 
for the deep dive here get your fins on and your goggles and your breathing apparatus we're going to skim along the surface of the song for a little bit and then dive deep down in and uh so let's start as we normally should by uh giving our initial impressions i already gave you something to kind of think about which is that this song is very visual right it uh it gives you scene after scene after scene another thing that i kind of thought of more recently is that it's very chronological right it's it's very event a and then b and then c and everything that happens at the end of the song is dependent on what happened at the beginning of the song and uh it's very different in that way from uh leonard cohen the the song hallelujah right it's uh, that song was a little bit more one idea tossed on in front of another without there being a whole lot of, uh, you know, things leading to conclusions. This song, if there is a conclusion, um, it, well, there is at least a story, we could say. There's, there's a story here, whether or not there's a conclusion, whether or not there's some real deep meaning behind it and... Uh, I have a feeling that since I'm doing this podcast on it, that there probably is, right? At least I've got an idea for it. Um, and you're more than welcome to disagree with me and write me and argue with me. That'd be great. Um, so another thing that you might notice that, that most people probably do is that it's got this very dark, dismal sound to it, to the, to the music itself and not just the lyrics, Obviously, the lyrics, it's, a, it's about things like darkness and silence. But the music itself has this dark quality to it, which, again, we can refer back to episode one with Hallelujah. We, t- we talked quite a bit about the minor fall and major lift and what exactly that means in music theory. And the reason why you might sense with this song that it's very dark, very sad, is that it hovers around in this minor key. Right, it, it hovers all around. In this case, I'm playing it in, in the key of E minor. Um, so there's that E minor chord that it keeps coming back to that as the one chord. And um, that is uh, a bit of music theory that kind of helps you understand that, that this song was designed that way, obviously. right? It's meant to sound sad and dismal and lonely. And, uh, and it's bared out to be appropriate for what the lyrics say as well. Um, so those are, those are my initial impressions. If you have any other initial impressions, think about what those are and what it might mean going forward. Um, any questions that we might ask? Well, obviously the biggest one is what is the sound of silence? What's meant by that? And we might always just say, well, this guy was being kind of artsy and funny and, uh, doesn't really mean anything. It's just some kind of words that he threw together that he thought sounded cool to use in a song and it doesn't really mean anything well again we're doing this podcast deep diving lyrics and i'm telling you that i wouldn't have uh, started this song unless uh, i felt there was some deeper meaning to it so that means that there's a question about it right what is the sound of silence why i mean obviously in technical terms if you have silence it's because there's no sound and if you have a sound then it's not silence so, so we have to ask ourselves, what does he mean? What is meant by the sound of silence? What does that refer to? And in fact, there are a lot of things in this song that, that have, you know, it's, it's huge imagery, but what does it really mean? And why does it appear in the song the way that it does? So let's go ahead and, and uh, plunge on in and, and see if we can figure any of that out. 
We'll go ahead and start with the first verse here. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Okay, so the speaker in the song, the the main character you could say in the song, is personifying darkness. This is a darkness that is more than just uh, the lack of light, right? It's more than just emptiness. This is a darkness that is a real thing. This this is a, a something that um, the the person in the song is familiar with and calls his friend. And uh, I think that most of us can kind of relate to that kind of mindset where you're thinking, well, I'm going through this again. You know, this is someone I think who has been dogged by some kind of depression, um, a thing that a lot of us feel these days, and really every every era has has these these thoughts, this uh, this loneliness, and this experience. Um, so. So here, here it is. Here it is again. We're, we're back in the darkness and come to kind of commune with that darkness as if it were a living thing. And he says, there's a, a vision softly creeping that left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. So he's talking about this vision that he had, which goes on to say, uh, you know, it's a dream, basically, right? That's that's what happens when you sleep and you have a vision. You're dreaming, but it's more than that. I think he he uses the the word vision very purposefully to show that it is it's it's more than just a dream. Because again, just like just like any song, any dream, you could look at it and say, well, that didn't really mean anything. It was just my mind making up a whole bunch of nonsense. But I think there's something in us that really wants it to mean something. When we have a when we have a dream that really shakes us up, we uh, we tend to try to interpret it to to go into, well, you know, this this can't just be a bunch of random nonsense out of nothing. What did it mean? And it's it's plaguing that idea is plaguing this guy all the more so. This person in the song is uh, is just being consumed with the thought that this has to mean something because it is a seed that was planted. And what does a seed do? Well, of course it grows. He uses that word seed to show that this is something that maybe had an initial impression on him. Maybe this was a real dream that Paul Simon had. I don't know. Um, or it may just be a, a clever way that he's drawing out some deeper lesson about society. Um, and and but he's talking about it with the person in the dream as if it were an idea that just kind of existed there and he realized it when he woke up and then it was a seed and it grew and it still remains there and he he can't get rid of it so there's this dream and then he he goes on to talk about exactly what happens in the dream right because the the vision that still that uh, was planted in my brain it still remains within the sound of silence. So that's the first time that we hear those words. And uh, and it doesn't really give us any clue as to what the sound of silence means. It's just kind of lingering in along there, but it is something that we're going to find is with us throughout the entire song, right? Because it's kind of tagged on the end of each verse. This song is composed of just five verses without any real chorus. It's just five verses and those words, those four words, the sound of silence, are the last four words of each verse. And uh, and so it's a thing that's kind of just there, and we're not sure yet what it means, but maybe if we bravely go along, we will soon discover what it is. So he says, in restless dreams, I walked alone. Okay, so we're dreaming. This is the vision that he had, and he's walking alone through narrow streets of cobblestone. Okay, narrow streets. Well, where would that be? He's he's not out, out in the countryside, right? He's not uh, he's not out in a, a place. He's got to be in some kind of a city, I think. And yet he's alone. So there's a bit of a paradox here. He feels alone, and yet he's got to be in this city where there are these narrow streets that go up and down, uh, made of cobblestone, which is a very rustic kind of uh, method of making a, a road there. 
you know, hence the phrase cobbled together. Um, and so he's, he's going along in this lonely city and, uh, and then beneath the shadow of a street lamp, I turn my collar to the cold and damp. So this has given us the clue that there is some weather going on here, right? So there's probably some rain or some misting going on. And there's this one single street lamp that he finds that he goes and, and kind of tries to take comfort from, to take shelter under, as it were. Um, that's an interesting idea because a, a street lamp, of course, doesn't offer uh, shelter from rain, but he is turning up his collar against it. He's turning up his the collar of, of his coat to keep out the cold, to try to keep warm, and uh, and then also he he wants to be in the light. So he's he's taking comfort in this halo of light from the street lamp. Which the word halo in this case means aura. It's the it's just the glow of the street lamp. You might think of halo as just like the gold circley thing that is on top of an angel's head, but in this case, the halo of the street lamp, and and that's actually a good connotation to kind of point out, you know, so the, uh, the halo is a thing that kind of represents holiness, that kind of signifies some kind of sacredness or holiness, and so he's going to, to take shelter in this street lamp and uh, to, to kind of get away from the dark, and he's turning up his collar to get away from the cold. And, that, and then all of a sudden, he says, my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light that split the night and touched the sound of silence. Now that is quite an image. So he's, he's taking refuge under this street lamp, and I think he's probably kind of got his back turned to the light there, and then his eyes are stabbed by this other light. It, it's not the street lamp, right? It's not the, the warm and comforting street lamp light, but this is a neon light that split the night. And I love that image. So he's got darkness to the left, darkness to the right. And in front of him, there's this blinding beam of harsh, uh, you know, terrible light that just, that just stabs him in the eyes you know what a what a great verb there to use to describe the kind of discomfort that can be caused by a, a sudden um unexpected and and uh harsh light that comes down and it it says that this beam of light that this flash of light that split the night says that it touched the sound of silence now, this is something that I would love to hear your construction on, because I'm not sure exactly how to take that word touched in this sense. And of course, at this point in the song, we're still not sure what exactly the sound of silence is. But uh, but there's this mysterious flash of light that happens and, and appears to keep on happening uh, that touches this thing called the sound of silence. Well, let's let's go ahead and move on and we'll we'll go to the third verse here and and see if it becomes clearer because this light reveals something to the dreamer. He says in the naked light I saw 10,000 people, maybe more. People talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, people writing songs that voices never shared. No one dared disturb the sound of silence. All right, I think with this verse, the idea of the sound of silence kind of starts to take form because we hear something that that kind of sounds akin to it, right? So there's this huge crowd of people, a vast host of people, 10,000, maybe more. And he sees something about them that he finds remarkable. This this is to him the defining characteristic about this huge crowd of people who have suddenly kind of appeared before him in this in this narrow streeted city in in that flashing neon light you see and, and naked light by the by the way. Uh, what does it mean that the light is naked? Well do does light normally wear clothes? No, I I don't think so. Uh, it's a naked light in the sense that it 
kind of makes other things naked. It, it's an exposing light. It's a, a harsh, you could even say a judging light. It's, uh, it's a light that peers into every crevice and, and makes everything, um, and, and puts it out there. And I think not in a positive way. It, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's also, of course, you know, we could just remember that it's the neon light that stabbed him in the eyes when he's just trying to take comfort in the night under the street lamp. So he sees these people and he notices that they are talking without speaking, hearing without listening, writing songs that voices never shared. Well, those three ideas are clearly all connected. They're, they're kind of all pointing toward the same thing. But what does it mean? I think, that, uh, I, th- I think that we all probably can get an idea pretty easily of what he's getting at. Uh, I think the one that uh, is probably easiest to understand is hearing without listening, right? Because we, uh, we talk about that sometimes in that, you know, sometimes uh, we'll, we're, so, sometimes we're having a conversation with someone, especially when we are disagreeing, especially when it's a contentious argument happening. We all kind of tend to do this thing, right? Where we just kind of wait for the other person to stop talking. And then I can go on and continue to make my point because I'm right and, and they need to listen to me. They need to learn from me. I have this great thing to share with them. Right, or I have this important thing to share with them, even if they don't think that it's great. And so I'm just gonna kind of, you know, they're 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 kind of telling me why they think I'm wrong, but I'm just gonna wait until they're done talking. I think that's what it means to be hearing but not listening, and it happens a lot. You know, we we can see this so much. Uh, social media is the best, <laughs> the best example probably, where people just you know. And I've been guilty of this, you know, in the, in the past, I, I certainly have been guilty of this in, in every way, you know, not just on social media in that I, I'm so fixated on this idea. And I think, oh, if I can just get out the words to make them see it my way, and then it'll become so clear to them and, and uh, all have done this great service. And then they'll probably thank me for having changed their mind on this important topic. But that's never the case, is it? And it leads to a real lack of communication when people are just talking past each other and not bothering to listen. And with this group of people, they're, they're not only hearing without listening, but they're also talking without really speaking. I think that we do that too. So you can probably guess from the way that I'm talking about this that this is not just a dream that somebody happened to have or a dream that Paul Simon imagined that somebody had. This is a uh, a symbol. This is a representation of what really happens in culture, uh, particularly in our culture. Even though this song was written decades ago, honestly, I think it applies better to today than it ever did before. Um there could be argument about that, but uh, I, I really feel like um, this song is almost prophetic. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that. So they're, they're talking without speaking. They're talking, they're putting out information, but it's not really uh, getting to something that's important in their hearts, right? They're not speaking what's actually important what's what's actually valuable to them they're just kind of talking to talk right they're they're just talking to kind of fill the gap the the quietness you know i I could say the silence but we're, we're talking about a different kind of silence probably than what is meant in the title the the sound of silence um so, so this is the defining characteristic of these people, that they talk, but they're not really speaking, that they hear, but they're not really listening, and they're even writing songs, but that voices never shared. Okay, so that gives you an idea that there is some attempt to be creative, right? There's some attempt, or, or at least there is some longing in the heart that is happening that they could give voice to and, and maybe they start to write it down, but people don't share it. And, uh, and maybe even their own voice never shares it. They, they, they write the song, but they never sing it because 
well, it, it tells us in the last line of this verse, doesn't it? It says, it says the reason why people are, are talking without speaking, hearing without listening, and writing songs, but that voices never shared. It says it's because no one dared disturb the sound of silence. Okay, I, I think that at this point, it, it's starting to take form. We're kind of diving down through the murky depths, and in front of us, these shapes are kind of starting to materialize that kind of help us understand what is underneath all of this mess, what we're kind of looking at, what we're delving into, what we're getting into here. Um, there, there's something going on where there, there's this thing that, that is the sound of silence that we're still unsure of what exactly it is, but it's a thing that doesn't want to be disturbed or that somebody doesn't want it to be disturbed. It's a thing that it would appear to be maybe almost, um, you could call it almost blasphemy or you could even just call it, um, outside of the norm it's outside of the cultural norm for these for this people it, it's some but it is it does have more the tinge of sacrilege that anyone would like to disturb it right because they all kind of have this implicit agreement among each other that they're not going to break that sound of silence that they're not going to truly speak and that they're not going to truly listen to each other and that they're, and that they're not going to be adding their voices to a song that's been written. They're just kind of going along in these more or less meaningless lives, right? It, it's all without purpose. They they talk, but it's without purpose. They hear, but it's without purpose. And they write songs, but it has no fulfillment. It's It's all without any meaning behind it. It's all very nihilistic. And so he, he's in this crowd of people, again, in the stream. And, uh, and in the next verse, it says, The fool said, Ha, you could not know. Okay, so they're, they're kind of mocking him. And then it says, Silence like a cancer grows. I think that is the observation of the person in the song and, and not part of what the, the people are saying, who he calls the fools. So he calls them fools. Uh, why is that? Well, obviously, they're acting in a way that he considers foolish because he is a person, this dreamer is a person who thinks that when we speak, we ought to be meaning something that, and that when we hear, we should actually be listening to each other and not just trying to put it all in our own framework, but actually trying to get into the framework of the person who is speaking so that we can hear what they're trying to say and not just to contradict them. And that, and that we should be writing songs. And when we write songs, it shouldn't just be for the benefit of our own minds, of our own intellect, that we store them away and don't let anyone else participate in them. It should be for the purpose of putting it out there in the world and, and, and trying to, to let it bring joy to someone or let it bring some kind of meaning to to someone so he calls them fools and they're saying ha you could not know they're they're again mocking him they're they're calling him out for kind of calling them out and and it it goes on in this verse to kind of show exactly why they're having that attitude toward him so silence like a cancer grows right and cancer especially back in this time back in the 60s was much more of a killer than it is today, although we know that it, it obviously it, it takes far more lives than anyone would like it to. But, uh, but back then, especially, it was really extremely serious. And, uh, and it's, it's growing like a cancer, this silence that he's talking about, this sound of silence, which... To, to kind of take the construction from the last verse, let's go ahead and kind of put a pin in this, that the sound of silence is this idea of meaninglessness, is this, is this thing, it's not, a, it's not obviously a verbal silence because everyone in this story, everyone in this dream is saying something. So it's not like a physical 
literal silence, there's a figurative silence going on here that is the silence of meaning. It's the silence of purpose. It's the silence of importance. It's, it's, it's a nihilistic attitude that basically says, well, nothing really makes a difference, so I'm just going to go about my own way, and then you can go about your own way, and we don't have to really communicate very much. We don't have to really talk to each other or judge each other or uh, do anything because it doesn't really matter anyway, right? It's all just, uh, it's all just without purpose. And, and our, our hearts kind of make movements, but it doesn't really mean anything. And it's not something for us to act on. It's just for us to go about our daily lives alone, separate from each other. That's what this group of people is thinking. And that's what he is experiencing. And, and then he calls out to them. The next couple of, of uh, lines in this verse are, are this dreamer, if it's Paul Simon or if it's you know just, uh, just the person in the song. He says, hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. Okay, so he's he's trying, and this is the thing that they're mocking him for, right? He's he's trying to to get to them. He's trying to say, no, look, there is a better way. You don't have to be in this miserable city, living the same life, living the same day over and over again, basically, and and you can do something good. You can you can have a life with purpose. I I can't promise. I think a wise person would would say we're never going to promise that you'll necessarily be happy every day, but you can at least have a life that has meaning. And that is what he's trying to get these people to see is that you don't have to live this way. You don't have to be talking without speaking or hearing without listening. You can be sharing yourself with the world. You, You can be sharing yourself with your neighbor, with each other. You can be doing good to each other. And he wants to show them this way. He wants to he's asking them to hear his words and he'll teach you and take his arms that I might reach you. And I love that, that rhyme there. That's, that's really a brilliant because it's not only a, a rhyme of the words, but it's also basically the same idea kind of um, re expressed in a different way because to, to teach someone in a lot of ways it is, to, to reach them in, in kind of a more physical way, right? That for some people to, to kind of get them out of their rut or whatever, it can take a physical, you know, taking out, taking hold of them, shaking them, or, you know, maybe not literally too much, but um, it's, a, it's, it's really a, a brilliant idea, I think. He, he wants to, to reach them with, with this message, to reach them with the idea, and to kind of insert himself, to assert himself, really, into their lives, because there could be more to this. There, there could be more. It doesn't have to be the sound of silence. It doesn't have to be purposelessness. All right, I've kind of talked about that already enough. Um, but of course, we know what happens here. He says, my words like silent raindrops fell and echoed in the well of silence. Okay, so he's he's trying so hard to kind of wake these people up. But what's happening? Well, it's all for naught, seemingly. His words just fall like silent raindrops, like like it's just part of the scenery. It's just part of this city with its narrow streets and its crowds of thousands of people. It's just falling and and then they echo away they echo and die away in the well of silence so this silence is almost like a black hole that is just pulling everything into it right it's it's a physical thing and it's a thing that other people don't want to be disturbed and that's what this guy has just done right by by going to them and saying hey look there could be a better way hear my words and i'll teach you take my arms and i'll reach you and uh He's disturbing them. He's he's disturbing their little uh, silent agreement, their their law that there's this sound of silence that exudes this entire world of this of this dream, and uh, and it ought not to be disturbed. And so he's he's trying to reach out to them, but he 
he kind of fails, right? Or at least his words fail and they just echo and die away in the sound, in the well of silence. And then we come to the final verse here, which really ties it up and, and, uh, kind of shows us even more what's going on here. He says, and the people bowed and prayed to the neon God they'd made. And the sign flashed out its warning in the words that it was forming. And the sign said, the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls and whispered in the sound of silence. Okay. So we've got some kind of religious imagery going on here, right? There are people who are bowing and praying to this neon god, and it's it's this it's these people, right? These ten thousand people, maybe more, who are all of them together, all of them in agreement, in one accord. They are, they bow and pray to the neon god they'd made. All right, so where have we heard the word neon before in this song? Sounds kind of familiar, right? Well, let's go back to verse two. It's you can see it there. Remember that he said his eyes were stabbed by that flash of a neon light. So he's he's referring back to that again, or or rather he's kind of clarifying what that was, that light that exposed all these people to him that and that showed him more what's really going on. There is this neon light, and it's called a sign later on. It's a neon light sign, which of course um, is a thing that you will see in any city, right? It's in all, all the windows, advertising. It's, it's almost kind of a classic trope kind of a thing that, um, that can almost represent wickedness and iniquity, right? Because it's stuff that will advertise uh, alcohol and, and strip clubs and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of has that connotation with it. But in this case, it's a, it's a neon God kind of a sign. And, uh, and it's something that these people have made. And that, and that's interesting, you know, instead of the idea that you know, God made us and rules over us. This is a God that the people themselves have made. And yet, if this is a God and if there is this law that is the sound of silence, and I'm, I'm going to go and just call it that, the sound of silence, as we've kind of explored, is a law. It's, it's, a, it's the idea that whatever you do in your life, just don't attach meaning or purpose to it. You can go on and you can say things and you can hear things. You can even write songs. You you have all the freedom in the world. Just don't attach meaning to it because it's not really that important. And it's this neon God that the people themselves have made that kind of reinforces this idea that, uh, that, that upholds it, that makes it sacred so that nobody dares to disturb this sound of silence except for this one guy who, of course, was kind of shouted down and then his echo, his words just died away. And um, so the sign flashed out its warning in the words that it was forming. And so, and so again, it's, it's warning. It's saying, you know, don't listen to this. You call him the non-believer of this false god, right, of, of this god that the people have created and that they basically control. And... Uh, and the the God is warning them to stay away from this guy who is trying to insert um, meaning and importance into your lives. So it, so it warns them, and then it also forms the words. It says, the sign said, the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls and whispered in the sound of silence. Okay. So you probably know at some level what prophets are, right? It's something that is associated with religion. Um, prophets are the people who God sends to deliver his message. So these are the prophets of this other God, of this, you could say, the false God, right? And it is. It's, uh, 
It's this neon god that the people have made. Interestingly, uh, it's also a god that still enforces this law. So these people, they kind of control this god in one sense, and yet in another sense, it's got this law that is the sound of silence, that is the meaninglessness and nothingness that it enforces. But anyway, it's got these prophets, right? And these prophets are giving his words, and those prophets' words are to be found on the tenement halls and uh, the subway walls. Well, tenements are uh, not something that everyone is as familiar with, but but we all know what you find on subway walls, right? You find a lot of profanity. And in fact, I think this is partly kind of referring, or at least it's connected to this other Simon and Garfunkel song. There's another song called A Poem on an Underground Wall, and it's kind of a more humorous song in some ways that is uh, about this guy who hides out in the darkness and then when he sees his chance he jumps out and scribbles his letter and scribes <laughs> he uh, scribbles out his poem on the underground wall on the subway wall and his poem is comprised of four letters so that gives you an idea of what exactly we're talking about here right these are the kinds of words that the prophet that the prophets of this God, of this neon God, have. And what does all of that mean, right? What does that kind of graffiti mean? It, it, it's meant to, I guess, excite some anger out of other people is, is all it's really doing. But apart from that, it, it's not like the thing itself really means anything. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, giving someone the finger or, you know, doing something else crude in public. It's, it's not meant to have meaning behind it. It is just an act of irreverence. It's an act of kind of meaninglessness. It's, it's got that tie to nihilism that I, I kind of brought up before, which, by the way, nihilism is just a philosophy that literally says life means nothing. You know, whatever you do in your life, it doesn't make any difference. You can do good. You can do evil. It won't really matter in the end because then we all just die and rot away and then that's it. That's what nihilism is. Anyway, uh, the the prophets of this God are are sending out this message that uh, basically, basically, I guess that the message is that there is no message, right? It's just that everything is relative and and it doesn't really matter and uh, and the only only message worth spreading is one that is itself a lack of meaning. And, and lack of purpose and doesn't do anything except for to get some, uh, get some response from somebody else. And so uh, these are the words of the prophets and they are also in the whispered, whispered in the sound of silence, right? Which is how this song ends. So if you look around yourself in today's world and you think uh, it looks kind of like that, uh, that's, that's why I said earlier that this song is to me kind of prophetic because I think that idea of the neon God that people have made, it also, instead of just being attached to the idea of, you know, classical wickedness as in drunkenness or whatever, but it's also kind of a sign of technology, right? It's, it's a sign of things that draw the eye, that draw you in things that, uh, are, are kind of sensually exciting just on the most basic, on, on the shallowest level. They draw us in with, uh, with those bright lights, with, uh, with, with this, with, with the promise of some kind of, you know, shallow pleasure. And, uh, and I think that this was the world and, and Simon, Paul Simon, was kind of uh, showing what he what he thinks the world had become at that point, and I'd say it's become, you know, you could argue even even more that way now. So, so that's where he leaves the song, except that we could remember from way back in the first verse that he did say that this was a seed that was planted in his brain and it still remains and it grows, and so it, it's this idea that has kind of been consuming. And, and, 
this song doesn't offer uh, an explanation, I should say a, a solution, uh, <laughs> which is maybe the only fault of the song, if, if it can be said to have a fault, because really it's just meant to portray something. I don't think that the, I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily supposed to have a solution or that it ought to have a solution right into it. You know, that wouldn't necessarily make it a better song if it had something tacked on the end that said, but here's how you can fight the sound of silence. It's, um, however, since this is a podcast and not a song, we can take a little bit of time with it and, uh, and and just state the obvious, you know, that, that we want to be that other guy. We, we want to be the, the dreamer, the guy in the dream who is trying to wake people up in the sense of saying, look, your life has meaning, your life has purpose. And I know that you want to just go on and be ignored by everyone and, and, and live in a life of, of relativity where there's really no good, really no evil, but life can be better than that. Life can be more in, than that. And life is better than that, whether you want it to be or not. There is importance to what we're doing here. I, I think that that is what, what the song is, is getting at. And we're trying to get away from that neon God that we have made. We, right? We've made all this technology stuff all on our own and we've sunk ourselves into it and it kind of creates this law around us that stops us that isolates us that keeps us from going to our next door neighbor and and having a conversation that will actually be beneficial and it stops us from being involved in our communities in a real way we kind of hide away on social media and all of the activism that we do is just you know hashtag activism more or less and we don't actually do anything that would inconvenience us to uh, to step out and stand for something and do good to somebody else. That is what the sound of silence is, and and so as we're we're wrapping this up and we're we're uh, going back up to the service here. Let's take it slow. I don't want to get the bends here, but uh, that you know that's something to think about. This all this song is is it, it gives us something to think about, right? Um, and, and, uh, it's not a song for everyone, I guess, because it does have that kind of, uh, dark minor sound to it. But if you want to hear another song that explores the same idea, but in a much lighter way, I would recommend, there's another great song by Simon and Garfunkel called the dangling conversation in which they talk about basically the same idea, but it is not done in quite a creepy a dismal kind of way. So you might enjoy that a little bit better. Go go listen to The Dangling Conversation. It's not a song that other people know about as much. It's not as popular, but I like it. I like it a lot. So you should go listen to that one. Anyway, that'll about do it. I mean, other than for me to continue to try to uh, encourage you to to actually play a part in your life and understand that your life does mean something and that you're here with a purpose and that we're surrounded by people who are just so um, so intoxicated with technology and so, you know, living with their heads in their phones or in, in their computers that uh, we can watch life go by and 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 start to live into that sound of silence and not think that you know there's really any good or any evil and it's all just meaninglessness let's make an effort to try to break that right let's try to kind of shake each other out of that and and do good unexpectedly and call others to a a better living you know i'm kind of sounding like a motivational speaker here i I don't want to (laughs) be i don't want this podcast to be that but I do think that that kind of mindset is what Paul Simon is calling us to out of this song in his own dark and uh, singular way. So anyway, that about does it for this song, right? If you disagree with me about any part of this song, please write me. I know that uh, I I said we were going to try to keep this short and it's going to be almost an hour also. So there you go. Maybe I just need to accept that it takes an hour to unpack a good song. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, argue with me. Oh, I have a, uh, I have a Gmail that you can use to get to me in probably the most direct way is deep dive lyrics dot crow 
at gmail.com. Go ahead and, and send me any comments, any um, questions, or any uh, arguments that you have to deepdivelyrics.crow, that's C-R-O-W, like the bird, at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you there. Or you can leave a message on you know any Deep Dive Lyrics page that you'll find on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff and on YouTube and I'll I'll try to respond to any of uh, that kind of stuff because I really do want to have these conversations. Also, I totally know that having a podcast is much, much more interesting when you have more than just one person talking at you. So what I'm going to do is try my hardest to lure people in and force them to talk about music with me. And so I hope that in uh, weeks to come, we'll have some episodes where it won't just be me, but it'll be someone else who has a song that is meaningful to them. Maybe I'll even be able to force them to sing it with me. That'd be nice, right? Or if, uh, you know, I'm based out of the Spokane area, so if you live around the Spokane area or if you find it worth your drive, then uh, you can come over and join me here and we'll we'll talk about a song that's important to you. In the meantime, just send me suggestions for songs. Um, next week, I don't have a, a song, a specific song planned yet, uh, but it is going to be one that was released more recently, I think. Uh, we've had enough for a little while of uh, going back several decades to find a good song. Although there are a lot of them. There are a lot of great songs, but there are a lot of great songs that were written just this past year or, you know, the last five years or 10 years. So we're going to, we're going to pick a song from out of that to do in the next, in the next episode. And until then, um, go ahead. And uh, again, I'm not asking for any money, but I would love it to death if you would share this podcast to someone with someone, um, you know, while you're telling them about how your day was mentioned, Oh yeah, I listened to this new podcast and, and, uh, anyone who, who might enjoy it, I'd, I'd very much appreciate if you'd, uh, let them know. And until then, uh, until we speak again, go ahead and, and live your life and, and live it to the fullest with all the meaning that is due and, uh, and don't, be sucked into that neon god and his sound of silence all right thank you bye